sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling here as always. Joining me is my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Bryce. I had a good weekend. I'll tell you this, I had a lot better weekend than some of the weekends that Ross Chastain has in his immediate future. Ooh, ooh buddy. That is a bit of a foreshadowing there for what we're going to talk about towards the end of this podcast but yeah that guy did not make any friends this weekend it's not going to be it he's going to be the roman grosjean of the cup series i believe the, yeah, this I, coming I think week. it's worse than that yeah i think it's worse <laughs> than that bryce i tried i tried to put it mildly uh the beginning of the year on this show that i mentioned that he didn't have the greatest reputation among his peers i guess that's kind of the wording that i put uh but i think um it's, it's becoming pretty obvious now that he's not well-liked, even in the garage. And NASCAR No, absolutely not. Yeah, NASCAR is a self-policing sport, and it, the, the drivers are going to handle it. And uh, and even the announcers, I give credit to NBC. They called uh, him out. We'll circle back around to this. Yeah, they called him out. I mean, he, Jeff Burton, he said, my bad, on the radio. And Jeff Burton said, well, you say my bad, but it, this keeps happening. Uh, it's like, And then I think Steve Letarte or somebody said... Uh, the, the dri- these drivers are not going to let him win a championship. They, they, and you know what? He's 100% right because that's in the driver's hands now. You can end a guy's season um, just because you want to. And and if you owe a guy when it comes time for playoffs. And that's part of the monster that we've created here with this uh, garbage playoff system that we have. Um, but but that's, that's part of it. That's the risk you run. And when you create that reputation... Uh, you, you know, you get what's coming to you, and he's going to, and it's going to suck. But, uh, and I got, you know, I guess since we're talking about this now, we'll just go ahead and hit it, and that way we can skip it when we talk to the, <laughs> go to the cup race. Um, but it's like this weekend, you, you pissed off Eric Almarola. Guess where Eric Almarola is driving next year? Nowhere. He's retiring. Eric Almarola is currently not in the playoffs. He's out. He could be racing the last 10 or whatever, however many races the playoffs are, with zero chance at a championship. What do you think a guy who has a vendetta to settle with 12 races to go and nothing to race for is going to do to a guy that he remembers having an issue with and and may have a chance at the championship. Do you think a guy like Eric? I think he's going to give him a little bumpy dude, bump he, there. He may, you know, maybe a little, uh, flat a little bumper, bumper he love. He may flat wipe him out. He may hook him going in the quarter panel going down straight away and turn him head on into the wall. And it's like, do I think Eric is the guy to do that? No. But does Eric have anything to lose? Absolutely not. And Ross Chastain does. Why on God's green earth would you go making enemies like that? Like, that, that guy has nothing to lose. Why would you make him mad? Uh, I just the guy doesn't get it, and and Eric Almarola. Well, with, with 15 Austin laps, Dillon. he spun out yeah. Denny Hamlin Austin too. Dylan, uh, was it Austin yeah. Dillon? Well, okay, no, no, no. he's he spun Denny yeah. Hamlin. He spun Truex. So he had a. These are the problems that I know Ross Chastain had a problem with this weekend. Denny Hamlin and uh, Martin Truex Jr. Both of those are recurring. Austin Dillon is mad at him. He got caught up in that wreck. 
um, Eric Almarola talking that, about that first yeah. wreck with El- Eric Almarola, like eight or nine cars got yeah, caught up in yeah. that thing, and it was extremely avoidable. Yeah. Uh, and then he turned. I don't. I can't remember who else he turned. Uh, it was somebody else. Yeah. But it's just like this. This guy. It keeps happening, and the guy. Credit to him has all the talent in the world, um, but but this is going to catch up to him. Mark my words, Bryce, before this season is over, uh, he's going to be put out of more than one race by a driver who has a vendetta to settle. I would bet my house and everything in it that Ross Chastain is not the champion at the end of the year. And and if, if I know nothing more between now and then, it is that the driver's will will handle this when it matters for him well matt on that let's go ahead and uh let's get this uh podcast started officially yeah cracking open yes, a beer officially so we're gonna also, we're, wait let's let's hold on let's backtrack right. one more time before right. last bit of housekeeping before we get the podcast officially started i want to apologize to all of our listeners uh for the audio quality of my microphone last week if you made it to the end of the episode listening to whatever that was um you deserve you can contact bryce for your monetary reward you just <laughs> we'll pay need you to back. be able to say what what the you need to be able to give bryce an, an overview of all the segments and what we talked about uh and prove that that you didn't i look man i made it through three minutes of our own show and turned it off because of my audio quality also i guess I, we should clarify that we didn't just ignore that uh, we could not hear that in the recording. It, yeah, that was it, weird, it man. I don't know what happened. Okay. Somewhere in the the publishing side, the editing and publishing side, something went catastrophically wrong. But either way, that was so bad, I went and got a professional microphone this week so we never have that problem again. So hopefully hearing my voice now uh, sounds clear and whiny like my voice is because <laughs> uh, there's a lot more to come uh, of that. But, but at least we should have uh, my my voice coming through clear this week. Professional Mike in a new way of recording the podcast. Uh, hopefully the sound comes through a bit more clear. Uh, so, you know, we, we're a work in progress here, guys. Thanks for sticking around and yeah, listening to us. Um, but we're going to start off with the XRX SRX series. I don't know why there it's such go. a tongue twister for me. <laughs> at Nashville Fairgrounds this weekend, uh, Bobby Labonte leads every single lap en route to his first ever win in the series in the main event. Uh, this track was major, major, major on track position. If you got up yeah. in the top two, there wasn't a ton of passing going on. I mean, I, I believe the leader in the first two heat races and Labani in the main event, the leader at the green flag led all the laps and won the race. So there was not a ton of passing. It was good racing. I mean, behind the leader, behind the front two, I, I think it was very competitive racing. But for some reason, once people got up to be able to challenge for those top two spots, they just couldn't get out of line and, you know, kind of make a pass. But, dude, I love this XRX series, man. I'm, I'm glad you told me about it last week. I'm glad you've kind of gotten me involved because it, it is is super enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it, it's a good show. I mean, it, it is, it's fun. It's not too serious, although the drivers take it serious. The, the overall event isn't. Um, but it, it's just awesome to see a guy like Bobby Labonte. Like, I, that's a kid that you and I grew up watching. So oh, to 100%. see him out there in, his, in the age that he is and absolutely dominating against the competition that he's racing, uh, it's just it's just awesome. It was a good show. Uh, Marco Andretti did challenge for the lead for a little while, but Bobby drove away in the final few laps and wins the Nashville Fairground for the first time since 1996. 
I didn't know Bobby Labonte had a previous win at the Nashville Fairgrounds, but he won there in 1996, which kind of blew my mind when I was doing research for this podcast. Yeah, I wonder if that was a Cup Series race. I feel like the Cup Series has... That may have been like a truck race or something, Xfinity race, or a bush race in 96. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what that win is there in 96, but I think the Cup Series, if I'm correct, had long since stopped racing at the fairgrounds. Um, so curious as I'd to what I'd be shocked if it was the Cup something. Series. Because yeah, I was, I, 96 I was the heyday for me watching NASCAR. I mean, I watched, I, I watched NASCAR like I do F1 now. And I feel like I would have remembered them racing at Nashville Fairgrounds. I would have been seven back then, so like major in the NASCAR. Uh, maybe it might have been a Cup Series, but I'd be I'd be pretty shocked if it was. Yeah, I, I um, think it probably was. Yeah, let, well, anyway. Uh, the win gave Labonte the SRX points lead over Marco Andretti, Ryan Newman, Tony Stewart, and Greg Biffle. So Bobby Labonte right now is in the captain's seat to win the SRX uh, championship that would be that'd be just cool man to see kind of one of those old heroes from back in the day to win the srx championship that'd just be neat yeah it would uh tony stewart winning the inaugural one was pretty cool uh bobby labani leading the points now pretty cool but uh just wait hold, hold that pull out your lee corso pencil not so fast uh, not so fast my friends they're they're <laughs> quite a dramatic shift coming yeah, this was the last asphalt race on the calendar. The remaining two races will be held on dirt. I assume Labani raced on dirt in his younger days. Uh, I don't know how much dirt pedigree Labani's had, you know, in the past yeah. 10 or 15 years. You know, outside of the SRX series, I'm not sure how much dirt track racing Bobby Labani's been doing the past 10 or 15 years. So, yeah, I, it, I could don't know a, what, it could get very interesting. Background. Yeah, yeah, it could. And I expect it to because you'll also have your local dirt track champions um out there and those guys usually represent well obviously uh tony stewart races on dirt night in and night out so don't be surprised is he second in points no tony is third tony is fourth marco andretti is second ryan newman is third and tony stewart is fourth but it's like okay, he's fourth and so. by like 18 points or 20 it's super super close yeah so but well marco andretti is an indy car driver you're gonna take that guy to dirt i'm i'm not not disrespecting his talent i'm just not sure if he has any familiarity there or not right might not um, equate yeah yeah ryan newman can race dirt obviously tony stewart is a master of basically everything uh i don't know again <laughs> I, so it's going to be fun to watch if bobby labani and marco andretti can stronghold off uh guys that have dirt backgrounds like newman stewart and biffle every time i hear about tony stewart just racing some other form of motorsport that I've never even heard of. It reminds me of the line in Apollo 13 uh, where Tom Hanks' grandma says something like, if they put wings on a washing machine, my Jimmy could land it, or somewhere yeah. along those lines. Yeah. And that's what I think of when I hear about Tony Stewart. Like, if you put an engine and give him one or two good wheels, like, that guy is going to find a way to drive yes. that thing fast around a, ra a racetrack anywhere. He's going to be yep. competitive. Yeah, no I, doubt. I don't think there's ever been a form of motorsports where Tony Stewart hasn't been competitive, so... The SRX series, uh, I'm not real sure when the next one is. Let me see here. Could be Saturday. Um, uh, I, th oh, I think it's then, consecutive then I, Saturdays. Oh, that would be awesome. Why is this not? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Schedule. I don't think they take a break. I think it's like a, a a series, and it's straight through Saturday nights in the summer. Yep, you're 100% right. It's July 16th. It's this weekend. The I-55 Raceway. Yep. 
It is a .3 mile dirt track. Where in the world is the I-55 Raceway? I have never heard of that. That's yeah, got to be out west I mean, somewhere, I, right? I've Isn't that where I-55 is? They're all Midwest tracks. Dirt, the Midwest and dirt tracks are kind of infamous. Um, I don't know where it's at. I definitely have heard of it, but that's not something that... Uh, it's like Chili Bowl. If you don't know where it is, it, that name doesn't doesn't mean anything to you. That is out there in Pevely, Missouri. Yep, that's exactly where I might exactly butchered that was. name, <laughs> but that is out that is out there in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that is this weekend, uh, the sixteenth. Not sure what time. Eight o'clock usually is that I what time they start on Saturday or Friday nights? I think the main event starts at eight. I'm not sure. Uh, I only caught the main event. I didn't catch either of the heats this week because I was watching the Braves. Um, but yeah, I it may be earlier. Check your local listings. I, I wish I could uh, have that ready to. I'll pull out the old TV the guide. Yeah, yeah. See, what, um, see what time they race. <laughs> that's worth a Google. Uh, all right, next we're moving on to NASCAR. Uh, the trucks were at Mid Ohio, and the Xfinity Series and Cup Series didn't race, luckily. Uh, so we don't have to talk about them. Uh, but the trucks at Mid Ohio, Parker Kligerman leads 56 to the 67 laps for what was, Matt, one of the best truck races I've seen all year. Top five, in my opinion, no questions asked. Uh, I love when these trucks go to a road course because these trucks are not built for road courses. And trying to see these guys sling them around the corners, you know, going 130 miles an hour, then breaking down to 60, then accelerating up to 180. It's fantastic, and it really shows off a lot of the pedigree that some of these drivers have to be able to get these massive monsters around the road course in one piece for 67 laps in a row. Yeah, it's pretty cool that uh, Parker Kligerman was able to win. That's a guy, that, a very, very talented driver who unfortunately doesn't come from money and can't fund himself. Uh, and so it's led to a lack of opportunities later in his career. He's doing a lot of TV stuff with NBC when he doesn't have a ride. Um, but he, he races everything, multiple uh, series. He's run in IMSA before, which is, explains the road course success. He's very comfortable there. Uh, partially probably why he was able to get a ride for this week specifically. Um, whatever money he could bring to the table, it makes sense that he would cash in on... on this track where he would be more comfortable uh i actually turned the race off rice uh in during the last caution with zane smith leading oh, um yeah he did sorry sorry no, no it's, dude, <laughs> that was he, big he that was a big strikeout yeah, on max free he doesn't have his stuff tonight so we just no he doesn't grinding it out is it's yeah. um anyway turn the race strikeout. off with Zane Smith leading under caution because, spoiler alert, the Braves were coming on, and I cared way more about that game than the trucks that were in the umpteenth caution, I feel like, in in the winding laps of the race. A lot of cautions. Yeah, a lot it, of cautions. it went well over its scheduled time, and I, I'm honestly, Bryce, I just got tired of it. I didn't care anymore. Uh, I was ready to watch the Braves. Um, <laughs> so Understandable. I still had a couple, race, a couple hours before the uh, Xfinity race, or... No, I don't know. I was doing something that was more important than the race, because uh, I think the tr <laughs> I think the trucks and Xfinity were back to back in in time slots on different networks. But anyways, um, so I turned the truck race off and then actually heard that Parker Kligerman won. Um, so I guess I guess it was a good finish because Zane Smith would have been the restart leader. Did you watch that? Was it clean? Yeah, they, you know, it was it was well. Uh, Kligerman and Zane Smith, uh, Zane Smith finished second. 
I mean, they were essentially side by side for the last, I don't know, about five laps of the race. And I mean, it was clean, good, hard racing. It, it wasn't the slide jobs that you saw a lot at some of the um, road courses this year with the Xfinity or the Truck Series or even the Cup Series. I mean, it was it was just fantastic side by side racing in trucks that honestly probably shouldn't have been able to go five laps consecutively side by side in these corners. It was a phenomenal. If 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 you have time, I would go back and watch the highlights from the ending of this race because the last. I think it was about five laps. Side-by-side racing was phenomenal. It was great racing. Okay. I will do that. Probably. (laughs) It was was really, really, really good. Really, really clean. Um, Zane Smith with his second-place finish at Mid-Ohio heads into the regular season finale in two weeks now, only two points away from clinching the 2022 Camping World Truck Series regular season championship. Matt, and I ask this of you. Is the regular season championship a lot like winning a stage race at a race? It doesn't really mean or count for anything. It does have some bonus points that carry over into the playoffs of the the first round of the playoffs. They do not keep keep carrying over into the extra round. So it's just like a little bit of a bonus right up front. And then whatever happens after that is on you. Um, Yeah. So So there's a little bit of a bonus. Does it matter? Yeah. Does it? It mean anything? No. Sorta. Of. Yeah. It's like it, it does okay. not. All right. It, so it doesn't keep propelling you all the way. It's it's basically it's kind of the equivalent of a first round bye. Um, I don't think a regular season championship has ever been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. I'm probably wrong on saying that, um, but no, no, I don't think they have. So it, it's kind of the equivalent of a playoff first round bye in football. Because, you know, NASCAR wants to be every other sport besides NASCAR. Besides the motorsport. Yes. <laughs> uh, Saturday's victory is the third career series win for Clearman and first since 2017. And he becomes the series 17th consecutive different winner on a road course. That is an absurd streak right there. I didn't even know that was going on or existed. Yeah. But 17 that, consecutive yeah, different that, winners on a road course. That's not a stat I knew anybody was keeping up with. <laughs> hey, NASCAR.com yeah. has got it on lock, buddy. They have they have got... Now, they might have some grammatical sure errors and spelling errors in their race recaps, but uh, they have those. Who knows Who knows if those are correct uh, stats or anything? I don't think anybody's going back and stat correcting them. If they're even not, they might be yeah. throwing out random stats. But uh, that's what, if, uh, that's what if NASCAR.com If you have time to end your life to go back and look at the last 16 truck road course races <laughs> you have i don't know what you're doing but you, you have more too time much free than time. I do. yeah Corey heim was also battling for the lead most of the day and had a really strong truck but unfortunately died on him and, and lap around lap 50 uh something about that he was saying the transmission wasn't connected and something blew up in between the transmission and the engine or I, something happened with the transmission and it wasn't connecting to the engine just exploded uh, kind of sucked for Corey Heim. He had a really strong, call, uh, really strong truck. I would have liked to seen a three truck battle there at the end with Clearman, Zane Smith, and Corey Heim. I think that would have been really interesting to watch. Uh, Carson Hosovar finished third with Stuart Friesen and Christian Eckes rounding out the top five. Chandler Smith, Kaz Grala, Derek Krause, and Colby Howard finished sixth through ninth with Haley Deegan earning a top ten, uh, her first top ten of the 2022 season. Matt, I didn't even realize Haley Deegan was up there competing for a top 10 until the race was over. I was so focused on the leaders when everybody was crossing the line or whatever. I saw her name pop up in 10th, and I was like, that's awesome. I was like, that is a great, great finish for her at this uh, this road course. And I felt like uh, 
like there was no attention paid to her at all uh, because the battle up front was so good. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's part of it. there shouldn't be. You shouldn't get celebrated for a, a top ten is awesome, no doubt. It, for her team and for her, it's great. But there's no reason that TV should be talking about her after uh, finishing tenth or ninth, excuse me, um, even if it is the first time this year. Uh, she was up front. She was in the top, I want to say the top five earlier in the race. I don't know if that was pit strategy, but I noticed she was up there. And then I think the next time I looked, she was in like 16th or something. So I kind of just assumed that that's where she was going to run. So nice to see her get back up there. I don't know if, if a lot of that was cycling. I was only paying so much attention to the truck race, um, even though I love road course racing. Uh, but, but yeah, nice to see her get back up there and get a, a respectable fit finish and the regular season concludes july 23rd at pocono raceway with crc bracklin 150 i don't even know who crc bracklin is it's the sponsor for that race uh it's at noon on fs1 and sirius xm radio top 10 drivers in the standings will contend in a seven race playoff to determine the 2022 nascar camping world truck series champion Matt, I, I don't think you're going to have any argument here. It's the best playoff in all the sports in the entire world, I think. Right? I mean, I think we can agree on that, right? All no? of the NASCAR playoffs or <laughs> just specifically the trucks? They're all great. It's, it's a fantastic, unflawed system, and it's just as good as the overtime rule in baseball. I could The ghost runner, I could not have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your trucks at Mid-Ohio. Let's move on to the Xfinity Series at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Austin Hill, a Georgia native, won at his hometown track for the first time in his NASCAR career, holding off JR Motorsports driver Josh Berry by a mere one-tenth of a second, the closest Xfinity Series race finish in track history, and another fitting nod to Hill's finish. What a race. What okay. a let's, race. First of all, let's not talk about a 1.111 second victory like the series wasn't set up. The whole thing wasn't set up for exactly that close of a finish. <laughs> like, it's like we set this entire, we, we literally built this entire thing for the ground up specifically for this purpose. And then it's like, this is, I feel like this is when the, uh, you know, the, the, meme of all those people's watching the uh the screensaver where it finally hits the corner and they all celebrate just go eight, they yes. just go wild yeah <laughs> i feel like that it's like we, we this was inevitable and still we're gonna sell like we're gonna talk about it like it's an accomplishment it's no, no i'm not taking away anything away from austin hill it's a great job i love to see a georgia driver win the race spoiler alert I was happy to see Georgia drivers sweep this uh, sure did. weekend in Georgia. I know that probably surprises a lot of people, but no, I'm, I I loved that Georgia drivers dominated and won uh, the races in Georgia this weekend. Um, but with that being said, let's not pretend like he accomplished anything. Uh, I mean, other than just being in the right place on the right time on the last lap, like it's, it's not a, it's not like he was being run down for laps on laps on laps and and he just had to hold on and drive a perfect race. He he just had to be there in the way at the end and and win the race. So holding off and just saying that giving me the margin of victory at a restrictor plate track where the it's going to be less than 
half a second, inevitably, uh, we'll just move right on like <laughs> that's not an accomplishment. Now, he did drive the majority of the race without being able to communicate with his pit crew. Uh, the radio that between his pit true. crew. Yes. Yeah. He could hear his pit crew, and I believe he could also hear his spotter, but he cannot yes. communicate back to his pit crew or his spotter. Correct. So I would assume yes. that's, that's, he was that's having pretty major. gesture. Yeah, no, no, it's massively inconvenient. It's not debilitating, but it's massively inconvenient. And I don't know, you know, when you're driving, I only know one hand gesture, so I'm not really sure how I could use that one hand gesture to communicate with my pit crew and my spotter, you know, sort of sort of what I want to do. It's, you know, it's all just one. I guess I could turn it different ways, you know, if I want to up, down, or sideways or whatever, but uh, that was pretty cool. I didn't know that until after the race, and they were... They were saying that, Matt, this this Xfinity Series race, it was slightly better than the Cup Series race, but not much, man. What are they going to do with Atlanta to make these races, I don't, I don't know, competitive again? Like, it wasn't even it wasn't even a good – sometimes there's good races that are competitive races that might not be entertaining. And there's also some races that we've seen earlier this year where some phantom cautions get thrown, and they're entertaining races, but they're not real motorsport. They're not real races. This Atlanta Motor Speedway, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series, it was neither a good race, nor was it entertaining. Like, they've completely destroyed this track, and it's it's sad to see. Bryce, let me tell you something. They, you ask me how they're going to fix this, and my immediate answer is they are not going to. This is exactly what they wanted. This is what they had in mind. This is it. They, they reconfigured and purpose-built this track with this exact scenario in mind. Now, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm devastated. I, I just, I am, I am truly heartbroken to see this at my hometown track that matters so much to me. I idolized Atlanta. I know a lot of people have the memories of the old original oval um, with we, the, the, the OG oval, as it were, with the, uh, start finish line what is in what is now the back straightaway um, back in the day you had the Cole Wickies uh, winning a championship there the, one of the most legendary races in NASCAR history happened at Atlanta Motor Speedway and it happened uh, of natural occurrences and I think that's what gives it that legendary appeal that's why there's a documentary on Fox Sports, specifically about that race there on that day. You had the end of Richard Petty's career. You had the beginning of Jeff Gordon's career. You had a three-car battle for the championship that came down to the last race for real. Not not because not it was set up to be that. Yes, not, not oh, we're going to have a game seven more, but it's all going to come down to this. <laughs> not, it was an actual... <laughs> God, I'm, dude, you're going to kill me here. I'm going to have an aneurysm. Sitting Go here for it, seat. dude. This is this your soapbox, just, man. This is well, your opportunity. It's, it's, Let it out. It is. I know I sound like a whiny little crybaby right now. And, and hear me out. I understand if you loved the entertainment factor of this weekend, great. I am happy for you. I, as a fan, am devastated because I see how far we have come. We are just chasing this rabbit further and further down the hole of trying to entertain our fans. And I want to know, I just need to know where it ends, Bryce. I need to know where it ends. I need to know that at the end of the day, what I do, what I put my heart and soul into, the effort and the money that my, my team spends still matters and can still, it, it still means something. Because right now I've got a team 
that operates on a 16th of the budget competing for a win. And is that fun for the fans? Yes, that's awesome. Is it was anybody not rooting for Corey LaJoy? No. So I don't, that's not what I'm saying. It would have been a fantastic story if Corey LaJoy would have won that race. But the fact that that, that team is competing for a win, it's, it's just a gimmick. I'm sorry, you don't have to like it. You, you can be mad at me. You can at me on Twitter. It is a gimmick. That team has no business up there. They were not up there because they are a competitive team or because they set the car up really well or because they did a great job. They were up there competing for a win because NASCAR restricted the field into this entire box and he was in the right place at the right time. And he almost won the race and it would have been great if he did, but he didn't. And that, I, I don't agree with that, Bryce. I don't, and maybe once or twice a year at Atlanta, fine. I'll, I'll concede that. But we, we've started with, it started years ago with NASCAR fans complaining that the races were too boring. We, we lost Indianapolis Motor Speedway, one of the most historic venues in sports. We got the Roval at Charlotte because the racing was so Ooh. bad. And the, the Roval put on a great race once or twice, but now the, the surface at Charlotte is worn out and the racing on the Oval is amazing. But the gimmick of the Roval, which is, I guess, in my opinion, outstayed its welcome, is still here. It was a it was a circus act. It got a lot of eyes on NASCAR, and now it's kind of stale, if you ask me. And is that is that what's going to happen to Atlanta? Is it, I'll tell you what, I felt pretty stale to me after just the second race there. I saw a lot, a lot of silver bleachers out there in the grandstands. Massive uh, for amount. that, for, dude. And they showed they showed that Goodyear aerial shot, and the entire parking lot behind the back stretch was just there was like six cars in it and it was just fields and fields and fields of empty parking lot i told you I, we said that before fans in atlanta do not show up to that track and i don't think i know i know bruton smith or whoever owns that or is marcus smith uh, yeah bruton smith dead uh marcus i think it's smith, steve smith yeah whatever uh i'll fight them <laughs> uh Whoever ruined that track is is surely aware today in their meetings about maybe their TV ratings were good, maybe that was the most entertaining, uh, but that venue was effing empty. And Atlanta, people in Atlanta do not care about NASCAR, and I, for one, am here for it. I hope they shut that track down and burn it down. It's awful. Um, the racing is awful. Yeah, Matt. And, and back to one of the points you made earlier is them trying to make an entertaining race over a competitive race, and you know, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not for that. I don't like that. I don't want to see an entertaining race over a competitive race. But I understand it in some sense. But Matt, this this race wasn't even entertaining. It wasn't even fun. Like it's not like they had the gimmicky uh, yellow flag thrown to make the race more close at the end. It was just boring. Nothing happened. It was it was follow the leader in a parade the entire time. And I, I, I don't know who they're trying to appeal to with these new changes to Atlanta Motor Speedway. The racing is boring. The entertainment value is zero. Nobody's coming to the track. I don't understand it. I don't understand why they had to change the track. If you need to repave it and put a new surface on it, fine. I, I completely understand that. I've seen that happen a ton at racetracks. I understand that. But why, why restrict the racing area? I hate when tracks go to a smaller racing area. Widen that thing out. I use this scenario all the time. I love Pocono. I think Pocono is one of the most underrated tracks in the NASCAR circuit just because of its odd banking, its odd turns, how wide it is. There's so many grooves you can run on. 
in Atlanta, you could run in the low groove when it's hot and the high groove when it's cold, and that's it. There's nowhere else to run because you can't get traction because the racing line is so small and the racing track is so narrow. I don't understand why they did that. I don't understand why they want to go to these cookie-cutter tracks. I mean, there's Texas, there's Charlotte, there's now Atlanta, which is the exact same thing. I think Vegas. Kansas is sort of the exact Kansas. same way. It's Vegas, yeah. It's, I don't... Why are they? Why are they mass producing these cookie cutter super speedways when they just create crap racing? I don't understand it, man. It it just baffles me. Yeah, and it's there's so many factors going into this. Part of this, how we got here, is we grew too big for our own britches, as my grandfather would say. Um, when when NASCAR <laughs> when NASCAR can basically print money, they could build these cookie cutter tracks in these massive. Uh, markets and they were going to sell out and you got you lost your it's really what ruined it you're right your nashville's you lost your uh north wilkesboro's you the atlanta got reconfigured into a d-shaped oval and and it's it's basically never stopped and it's just like i wish i i would concede the awful racing at atlanta and talladega i'm sorry talladega and daytona you can again you can at me it's terrible racing like it doesn't matter. I can build the best car in the field at any of those tracks, and it, it means nothing. It's just hoping we don't get wrecked along the way. Um, I, I think all those tracks are good for one race a year. You know? I mean, yeah. we have we talk about Monaco and F1, and the, and the racing in Monaco is... It's not great racing. That's fine. It's whatever. It's Monaco. Now, yeah. I think I think Daytona, Talladega, and AMS have a place in the NASCAR calendar maybe maybe once a year. And that's it. And I'd be fine with that. I'd love to see AMS re, you know, reconfigured. It's not going to be happening now. But, you know, I, I said all that. I said all that about a cookie cutter tracks and everything to say this. I will give NASCAR credit that I feel like this year and the years going forward that they are making strides to give more unique tracks on the calendar. I mean, what, how, what do we have? Nine road courses, I believe, on the NASCAR calendar this year, which is a record number. They've never had that many on the... I don't know. It's it's a ridiculous amount. I think... And we're going to Chicago Street Circuit. Hey, what... what? Most likely. Uh, well, that, we'll, see what, we'll see what that turns out to be. But, I mean, they got more road courses. Yeah, I love road courses. Some... I, I love to see the Cup Series on road courses because these cars aren't built for road courses. So, seeing these drivers try to get yeah. them around road courses, I like that. I, I like that. That's a... That's a, that's a different challenge for these drivers, and I love that. And next year, or I don't know if it's next year or the year after next, we're getting North Wilkesboro back. So I think that's another track you're throwing in for to make it a little bit different. I mean, you raced out at the L.A. Coliseum. Was it a gimmick? Yes. Was it something neat, cool, unique maybe? Yes, also. So I think NASCAR... For what it was, yeah, that race worked. Exactly. You know, it wasn't... I enjoyed it. It was... It was, was it a good racing, like actual racing race now that sounds dumb but was it a competitive racing race i don't think so but was it entertaining it was it neat was it sort of gimmicky and brought eyes in yeah and that's fine to have a couple of those in the calendar in my opinion um so i mean i, I think like you said when nascar got big when they were huge the late 90s early 2000s they could print money they just got way ahead of themselves started pumping out these generic tracks in the middle of nowhere and just assumed they would never fall from grace and boom, here we are. We're stuck in these these tracks. They're still in the circuit. They suck. But I do believe NASCAR has seen the error of their ways, and they are moving to a more progressive way of thinking about, you know, hey, they want to go after international fans. And, you know, 
some traditionalists maybe might not like that, but it is what it is. If you can make the NASCAR brand an international brand, that just brings in more eyes. I mean, how many people uh, of Hispanic descent do you think tuned into NASCAR after Daniel Suarez won or when he was competing? Probably a lot more. So I, I think I have faith in the the where NASCAR is going now because I, I feel like they've seen the error of their ways and they're trying to change the way they do some stuff. Now, I'm not saying NASCAR is perfect. I still have gripes about a lot of the stuff they do, but I do feel like they have seen, you know, hey, we, we did this in the past. It backfired on us. Let's build up a little bit more slower and try to build this fan base of, of true motorsports enthusiasts rather than people that are just hopping on the NASCAR wave because it is the hip new thing to, to like and follow. Yeah, I don't know. You're you're more optimistic than I am. I'm looking <laughs> at this one-raced playoff champion, the the stage race. I mean, there's just so much, so much that we're doing that just delegitimizes the competition aspect of the sport. And when you lose the competition, I'm sorry, you're you're no longer valid as a sport. You have to call yourself sports entertainment because entertainment is a priority in NASCAR right now. And until it is not, we can never reclaim the validity of the actual competition. And, and, and if that's not good enough anymore, if that's not what the fans want to see, then I guess, you know, I'm just, I sound like an old man yelling, get off my lawn, uh, you know, talking about everybody you know that every generation hates the next generation's music and talks about back in my day maybe i'm a 30 year old back in my day or, <laughs> hey, hey i don't know hey, i just it's we're not that old I, yet come on we're young 30s I, you know we're still spring chickens <laughs> i i just i care i care i care about the past i care about the future i care about the sport and that and genuinely if you don't take that away from from my rants then I, I apologize because I don't say this just to whine, just to complain. I I care so much about being taken seriously and we just can't do that when we are creating a circus for our own fan base. Not only are we not attracting new fans, but all the constant changing and and just the, the circus is driving away what fans we do have. We are sinking our own ship here. I can, I, I'm looking at the water on the ship doing like, I've only been working in NASCAR for five years. I've worked at Stuart Haas Racing. This is my fifth season. I would like to get to 20 and retire. I, I would love to do 20 years for the same race team that I work for now. I love it there. I love the people I work with. It's a championship winning organization. I know we're not running fantastic right now it but that's the ebbs and flows of the sports i promise it'll come back around um especially when we get kyle bush <laughs> next year just kidding i don't know that. Uh, i just had a little teaser there. there uh but i just i i care i really care i i want the sport to be taken seriously and i see f i guess it's that i watch other motorsports like f1 and f1 is the most behind soccer is the most popular sport it's in the not, world. It, you and can't it even compare it with NASCAR, honestly. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it, yeah. it is content. Well, you can because it, it is... You compare it against. F1 is content to be itself. And and sure, are there gimmicks? Are there... Is there inconsistency in the, the race stewards this year that... You know, yes, it is not without its flaws. But it is not trying to be something that it's not. 
It is not trying to be other sports. It is not trying to draw in football fans by trying to make it more like football with an elimination-style elimination playoff bracket or uh, a regular season, you know, it's just the, with the stage racing. Like, what does a stage win mean? Absolutely nothing. You get a high it five. Is just an, it's an extra caution and a chance to reset the field. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I care, and I'm sorry. I'll get off my soapbox now. I just, the, the racing at Atlanta is a joke. I'm sorry if you disagree. I hope you were entertained. I hope you loved it. I hope you feel better than I do today because I feel, and this is not because my cars ran like crap. They did. I, screw them. I don't care. That's not what this is about. I'm happy Chase Elliott won the race. I, I love, like I said, I, I would have loved to see Corey LaJoy win the race. I was entertained by the finish of that race. Is that fair to say? Is it fair for me to admit that I was entertained by the last couple laps of that race and the in the massive runs and the block trip thrown by Chase Elliott? Like nobody did anything wrong. And I, I, you know, I wish that could be the story of today, but I wish that could be the story of today because it happened organically and not because it was set up to be like that from the start. And I, it just feels fake to me. And I, it, I'm too competitive and I care too much about this sport to be a dancing monkey in a circus. I'm not a dancing monkey. I, I'm not in your circus and I don't give a shit if you were entertained or not. I, I, I want my car to win every race. I want my car to lap the field every week. I want you bored out of your mind if you hate one of my drivers because we're going to ruin your weekend every single one. Like That's what I want. And that's the only way that I can look at it from. But at the same time, like... It, I just care about the legitimacy of the sport itself and the, the body of what we're creating here. And I feel like not only are we not going the right way, but but we keep chasing the rabbit further down the hole. And spoiler alert, our ratings are, at, are continually to trend down. So not only is it not working, we're making it worse. And you can't argue with facts. Facts don't care about your feelings. They don't care if you were entertained. The, the bleachers were half empty and the TV ratings suck. I'm, I'm going to end with one more thing as we wrap up NASCAR. Then I'm, then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you one more question because I want to hear your opinion on this. Okay. Uh, Georgia David and native and friend of the podcast, Mason Massey, was running in the top 20 most of the days for the Xfinity series, but ended up 24th, which was six spots higher than his 30th uh, starting position. They didn't get qualified because it got rained out. Um, Matt, if you could just if you could do one thing, uh, you could change one thing in NASCAR to make racing better. Only one thing. What's the one thing that you would suggest to NASCAR to do besides uploading their highlights in high definition quality instead of 720p? <laughs> Other than that, what, what would be the one thing you would tell NASCAR to do to sort of move them into the next phase of building a fan base back up that was there 20 years ago? If I'm in control today, if you put me, Matt Ridgway, in control of NASCAR, but I, on the condition that I'm only allowed to change one thing today. One thing, you can do whatever you want. I have, I have already gotten rid of stage racing before we have finished this conversation. And I'm even willing to compromise, Bryce. If you want to keep the stage racing, I will have this conversation with you. But the stage cautions are gone. If okay. the car that starts on pole, Chase Elliott starts on pole, at Atlanta Motor Speedway, laps the field in the first 200 laps, and it is a snoozer. He hasn't. He could park, get out, eat an ice cream, get back in his car, and go on to win the race. 
I don't care. That is sport. That is the sport. It will the the stage racing creates illegitimate winners. Illegitimate winners create illegitimate illegitimate champions. It's all a Mickey Mouse show that starts from the stage racing. Okay. So if you want to have stages, we can talk about having points accrued at different laps during the the event. Uh, extra bonus points. I will have that conversation with you, but we are not stopping the race to regroup the field so you can be entertained. I like that it. is like, do you do you do you watch that TikTok I sent you of Carl Edwards explaining like yes. that's like them a basketball game if after every quarter or period whatever they have in basketball. Sorry, I'm not a basketball. E- even fan. to back up after they, they, they reset the score. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's like he goes out there and he gains a lead. Huh. You don't have the, a lead and anymore. The only reason. Yes, the only reason you re- you stop a race is for a safety condition. It is not an entertainment. A yellow flag is not for your effing entertainment. Oh, I almost dropped it. <laughs> I almost did it, but it is. Don't worry, we can, we can edit that out in post production. We, we, we need. We're What's gonna, the timestamp? <laughs> uh, I almost dropped it. I saved it. Uh, it was it was on the tip of my tongue and I caught it. A yellow flag is is not for your entertainment as a fan. It is not a chance to reset the field and to get a, a better show. It is a safety feat. It, it is we stop the race for the yellow flag because there is a safety concern on track. There is a, I mean, I can't like, how how much more clear can I be? Like, you you red flag or yellow flag the race because something is wrong. Someone needs help. There is something on the track that is a that is a hazard. There are hazardous conditions that every all the competitors need to be aware of for their own safety, and it should be treated like that. It should not be treated as a form of entertainment, as a chance to stop the race and regroup the field. It doesn't. It should not reset the score. If somebody is winning by nine seconds, get over it. Cry about it. Go to Twitter. Go mow your lawn. Go cook some hot dogs. Nobody cares. It is a sport. Sometimes in sport, you get a, a you Georgia get Bulldogs versus Michigan Wolverines, and they get their ass whooped. And everybody was hoping it's going to be a great, great, great football game. I and wasn't. Georgia just snuffs the life out of them right from the Love start, and you just that. get a, a blowout. It happens. It's part of sport. It was it the most entertaining fan in the game in the world. Yep. If you were not a fan of one of those teams, well, you don't count. Your, you and I's opinions are invalidated. I loved every second of that Ohio game. State and Georgia fans. <laughs> so you were rooting for the destruction right. of one team. That's, we couldn't do it. Georgia can. Let's go, dogs. Own. Yes, but I say like, like that. That game was built up to be like this this power matchup, and and Georgia showed up and stomped the absolute life out of Michigan. Made it look easy. Just I mean, and at the end of the game. Georgia wasn't even playing at starters. I mean, it was decided before halftime. It was clear that the game was over. And and you have that in sports. It Did it make for the most entertainment that, that ESPN was probably hoping it would? No. Did, are they changing how college football works? Not because of that. Now, the, the whole, con- if you want to go to the conferences and that's all a that. Whole, that's, that's a, a whole other podcast. Yeah, it's unrelated. <laughs> that's a whole but, other podcast. <laughs> but but we're not panicking because somebody just showed up and dominate. Like we don't we don't have to tear down a racetrack and rebuild it because Kevin Harvick was too good on that surface, and and nobody else could do what he could do. It's like and uh, you know, don't mistake that my affiliation with Kevin Harvick as my source for my displeasure with Atlanta. I I was 
perfectly okay. I would be perfectly fine with Chase Elliott showing up and winning a race on the old surface by nine laps over Kevin. Like, I, I don't mistake my my affiliation with Harvick as, as the source of my disgust because it has nothing to do with it. But the, it's a complete coincidence that the best driver on the old surface was un, undeniably Kevin Harvick. Um, but again, that goes back to sometimes you just have people that are really good at what they do and have a place figured out or, or a surface. Like you have golfers that go to a certain course and you know they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive because something about that place they just get. They, they just see it differently. I don't know. Again, I'm not a golf guy, so no, you you're, probably you're put a this thousand in. percent. But a it's hit like the mark there. Yeah. You you and they're not changing the course. They're not tearing down the fairways and rebuilding like you know obstacles where you can't see just to make it more entertaining for the fans like at some point tiger's going to show up and do tiger things and and everybody no but everybody watches in awe when tiger does that when somebody goes and dominates a race we have people crying their eyes out on twitter because it was not entertaining enough for them like i just don't get it man you can't we can't have our cake and eat it too we're either a sport or we're entertainment and we need to figure out we have an identity crisis in nascar well, we don't know which one we're going to be. And I don't, whatever way they go, I don't care. But if, if we're going the entertainment route, so help me God, I will not be part well, of you can, it. Well, you I can will. just go over to the other half of uh, the company you're working with now and go over to the competitive sport. You know, they have a, yeah, they I have, mean, they have I, a sport over I, there. Look, I, it's a real, it's a real sport over there. And I want to be part of a real sport, even if that means running mid pack with the F1 team. Like, at least I can look hey, myself in the whoa. mirror. Hey, easy there. Easy there, a, chief. Haas is not a mid-pack team anymore. All right. Yes, they are. We'll get to that. They're not a. They're not a mid-pack team anymore. All right. All right let's get to that. because well, I'm tired I, of talking. I, I'm, about gonna, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my do. one. My one change. All if right, I had one change, if it. I was in charge of NASCAR, I could do anything right now. I suppose that's I would, fair. I would eliminate seventy-five percent of everything. Race distance and races. Take seventy-five percent of the races and seventy-five percent of the race distance. Get rid of it. I don't want that many races. I don't want that many laps. I want less laps, I want less races, and I want every single race to be a Super Bowl. <laughs> you give me maybe one or two races a month, and you give me under 100 laps. So Make you, you want every the lap series. count. Exactly. Yeah, give me the SRX series. That's what I want. You, you, you can build it up that way. You have Huge. just killed NASCAR faster than NASCAR can kill NASCAR. Congratulations. <laughs> Hey, hey, that hey, I've always said that about I've always said this about baseball. There's 162 games. I care about maybe 80 of them. There's 9 innings I care about about 7. If you took 50% of the baseball calendar, chopped it off, made every game 7 innings, you'd have more fans. Guaranteed you'd have more fans. Uh but yeah, I would make, you know, you don't even have to eliminate races maybe from NASCAR. Just make the races shorter. Like, there's just, I don't know. That's what I love about F1. I'm fine with that other than the crown jewel race. Okay. Okay. You can have, you can treat them like, uh, I don't know. You can have like four yeah. majors or four, no, four like, slams or something. You, yes. You, you keep the Daytona 500. Yep. You keep the Coke 600. Okay. You keep the Southern 500. You keep the Bristol night race. And you give me back the Brickyard 400 because Indy still matters whether you were entertained or not. Is it like... Look, I, I won the last two. I get to say this for the rest of my life, possibly. I My car won the last two Brickyard 400s. I, does it matter? Does Indy matter? Does anybody care that you won at Indy last, last year on the road course? No. Like, I couldn't even tell you who did it. 
I, I honestly could not. I do not remember who won on the at Indy last year. I remember the years before. I remember 2019 and 2020 because my car won them, but because they were on the oval and it mattered, it, it was important. It was a big, big deal. I have a ring. I have a championship ring for just for a Brickyard 400, Bryce. It's over there on my That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of it. It's got my name on it and, and Kevin Harvick's name on it and the number four and our team logo and has my name inscribed inside of it. It's, it's freaking awesome. It was a big deal. Do you think the winners of the last year's Indy Road Course got a, a, a championship ring for that race? I guarantee you they no. did not. No, they did not. Because it doesn't no, matter. But we 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 scrapped that race because it wasn't entertaining enough. So I'm just saying, like, you when you when you go down that road of making everything shorter or, it's dangerous, or dude. taking away races, that's kind of how you get where we got. Now I'm okay with making some of the races shorter, but yeah, again, make it shorter. You you give me you give me like six slams. Like tennis has slams, so you have to win. You know, these certain amount of sets in, in a slam to win. And in the non-slams and the Masters 1000s and the Masters 500s, you have to one you have to win one less set to win. Uh, or excuse me, you have to win one less match to win a set. So you could do something like that. But I, you know, just I, I don't want to see 300 laps around AMS. I don't. I don't want to see that. You know. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Sure. 250 laps around Daytona. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. It's Daytona. Well, it's and fine. it also. Helps. I don't want to see. 300 laps around Kansas. It would you know? also help if you don't stop the race. Like, if the only reason the race was stopped, a, a race could be over in three hours with 300 laps if you only stopped it when there was a legitimate safety concern and not every chance you could see to regroup the field. Don't throw cautions when people spin yeah. and get going and, and are off the racing God, that surface. is my biggest pet If they peeve. spin off the yeah, racing that surface, is, they're not on oh, the track. Awful. Why are you stopping the race? Unless they're it's like, just it, terrible. Unless they can't get going, it should be like any other motorsport where if a car goes off the track, they have a certain amount of time where they will hold the caution flag or do like a local yellow until it's clear that that car is not going anywhere or that something may be like an impact. You can judge that. It's a balls and strikes call. But if a car goes into the wall, hit nose first and just disintegrates, you throw an immediate caution. You don't wait for like, <laughs> yeah, that's a caution. That, that driver may need help. But if uh, Ross Chastain spins Denny Hamlin down on the inside of the track and he just goes for a little ride or bubble wall or my driver Chase Briscoe spins himself out off the turn and just goes down on, on flat tires. No reason for a caution. Keep the laps going. He did that to himself. Drive better. Can we please move on? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Bryce. My, Are you my good? blood pressure you is good? just not coming down like I hoped it would. Let- Let's let's move on to some racing this weekend that was absolutely fantastic. The F1 race in Austria was nothing short of one of the best races I think I've seen in F1 this year. It was great and, and an unexpected outcome, Very in my unexpected. opinion, at least. I did not see this coming. Neither of us. Uh, <laughs> after starting second, Leclerc did something he's never done before in his entire career. He won from outside of the pole position. Yes, he did. Uh, Leclerc has never won a Grand Prix where he has not won the pole for yes. it. Uh, Verstappen just did not seem to have the pace on Leclerc. The track temperature was much cooler during the race on Sunday than it was for the sprint quality on Saturday. And those Ferraris, until Sainz's Ferrari exploded, <laughs> uh, the two Ferraris looked like the fastest two cars yeah, on the track. They, they were, they absolutely were. Came out of nowhere because this was a sprint race weekend, and Verstappen basically looked like he was in cruise control from the pole position. He won the pole in qualifying. 
the start of the sprint race on the pole, cruised to an easy win, like maybe the easiest win of his career, had no opposition. I think everybody, you and I included, thought that this was going to be a walkaway win for Verstappen. Uh, and and Ferrari out of nowhere. I mean, and it wasn't close either. It was apparent very quickly that Ferrari was here not just to play, but they they may be the the, the big dog on the yard today. Um, and and they were absolutely going to finish one and two uh, before um, who I'm drawing a blank. Who's who's their other driver? Not Leclerc. Who's their other? Science, uh, science no 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 Perez Red Bull uh he got he got uh taken out by a Mercedes Exploded. Mercedes earlier um but yeah uh that was that was per, that was Perez yeah yeah that's what I'm saying yeah, per, yeah. Perez got uh, hit by uh yes. George Russell yeah on the earlier first on. lap I think signs exploded yes. so signs signs yep. was abs- he was chasing down Verstappen going to take second place rather easily um Ferrari not only had the the power but they did not screw up strategy which is kind of like their one two how did that happen? Of, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> How did that turn out? Usually when Ferrari does have the pace, they'll find a way to screw it up. Uh, very rarely do they put it all together like they did at, at the Red Bull ring of, of no, um, no less uh, than they did this weekend. They were going to take second place, finish 1-2 before uh, Sainz's engine went red status. Ooh, red, of course. That was scary, dude. Yeah, that was... Red, of course, stands for. Um, it is an acronym. Stands for Rapid Energetic Disassembly. Uh, oh, which is I, yeah, exactly. Totally. What, uh, yeah, down, that's what, that's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It, it basically it, uh, it it it's it done blowed up. It, it, it exploded. It done. Uh, <laughs> it, um, and then yeah, a, a scary situation where the car was trying. It was on fire, and he couldn't get out because it was rolling backwards. And <laughs> the stewards were just like sitting there with their thumbs up their ass. They tried to put a <laughs> block underneath the tire at first and, and like it missed. didn't work. Yeah, and, and it was still rolling. Yeah, like, dude, it was... He's having to hold the brake to keep the car from rolling back. While it's on fire. He's on fire, oh. engulfing him in flames, and he can't get out because they can't stop the car from rolling. Like, what a I, joke I just want to be like, get out of the car and do, let's just let it roll back. If it gets if it gets hit or something or, yeah. or crack, whatever, yeah, that, dude, get at, out, please. I mean, at some point, I think they got it at the last second before he before he inevitably had to get. It's not like he's going to burn alive in this car. If it rolls back, it rolls back. But uh, I think at the last second before um, before it went rolling without him, they got it stopped and he was able to get out. Good old Austrian stewards. Yeah. Uh, Hamilton showed some massive pace in that Merc as he captured another podium, finishing third. The, the upgrades they brought to Silverstone really look like they've gotten that Merc. Now, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to compete for wins week in and week out, but it is a much, much more competitive car now than it was at the beginning of the season. They're out of the Constructors' Championship. They're out of the Drivers' Championship, uh, but they can still compete for podiums and make this a respectable year and kind of make this slingshot them possibly into next year. Uh, so those those upgrades they, bought to, they brought to Silverstone look to be paying off right now yeah yeah i mean that uh, like us we talked about it last week they um they are looking much more competitive now it should be said that that they probably don't get a podium if uh either i mean we lost a red bull and we lost a ferrari in this race if either one of those make it um the mercedes did not have the pace for either one of those so they're still solidly a, a third place team uh on time wise on pure car performance but you t- take advantage of some misfortune and good things can happen that's exactly what they did um hamilton uh finally outruns his teammate russell still behind him in the points um but but 
a nice showing. They're starting to show. I think that's been Merck's saving grace this year is their consistency. I mean, they yes. haven't really had any mechanical problems that I can think of. And I feel like Ferrari and Red Bull take turns every single weekend with who's going to have mechanical problems. And it seems like mechanically wise, the Mercs, I mean, they have two pretty sound calls, cars. They're not always the fastest, but they're they're pretty you know sound mechanically. Yeah. The, the biggest bright spot for this weekend was honestly for me, Mick Schumacher, dude, looked incredible in the sprint race. Probably should have had points, but didn't. And then finished sixth in the the major race on Sunday. His best ever result in F1. Man, I'm telling you, some of those moves Mick was making in this race this weekend, dude, I was having flashbacks to when I was watching his dad when I was a little kid. I mean, some of the blocking moves, some of the aggressive moves going down into the corners and, I mean, just flying past these guys into the braking zones. I was honestly having flashbacks, and it's, it's great to see. I don't know if it's a one-off. I don't know if this Haas car can repeat this at other tracks. Um, but I, 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 no matter what happens, I enjoyed the hell out of that race on Sunday with the way Mick Schumacher drove the wheels off that Haas. Yeah, well, it's first of all, it's worth mentioning at least that um, the Red Bull ring is the, the site. We've had a lot as a team. I, I speak as a Haas employee, though not with the F1 team. I'm still going to say we um at me for it if you don't like it um we've had a lot of success there in previous years uh it it is the site of the best ever finish for haas with a p4 and p5 i think two years ago maybe three no i think it was two i think it was three because was it the that that was k mag and um well it was grosjean and k mag uh hulkenberg right uh grosjean um, Grosjean, Grosjean, well, and, but that's they've only either had one other driver line up, not in, not counting last year because that doesn't count. That never <laughs> happened. Um, oh, the old Russian Ruski. I, I didn't see it. You 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 can't convince it me it actually happened. It was, I didn't it see was it. just an um, illusion. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So you one of the tracks that you think we probably will run well at and and did, and it's worth mentioning that this is the first weekend. Not only is this Schumacher's. Um, best career finish uh, after two weeks of of points this is also the first time he's outrun kevin magnuson uh he's had maybe a little quicker pace a couple of times uh but earlier in the year he had a pretty rough go of it uh, we we even talked about it on the podcast is like the, it became a topic of conversation is like haas is kind of over uh mixed crashing their cars like they don't have the budget for this and mick can't keep tearing up the stuff and it was kind of like is is he going this is his, he's getting running out of time to figure it out um and and boy does it look like the patience of of gunther steiner and haas f1 have paid off because you're right he seems to be these last two races and maybe a little bit before but you can see it now you can see it now like it it is it is full bore confidence and and he just the the car is there for him right now um to again you have to mention that you know we did it with hamilton so it's only fair that we do it with schumacher he finished what sixth and that's because you you lost a red bull and you lost a ferrari both of which bumped him up so realistically you should be looking at a single points finish for haas with an eighth place car but you'll take advantage of others' more misfortunes, and for the second week in a row, you get double points with Mick leading the way this time for the first time, probably not the last. And, I mean, this week you get back-to-back double points finishes for Haas, 
And with the performance of K-Mag in that sprint and then their cars on Sunday, it moves them ahead of Alpha Tauri in the Constructors' Championship, which, I mean, that's massive. They're ahead of Alpha Tauri. They're ahead of Aston Martin. I want to say they are like sixth right now in the Constructors, I think. Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. But I mean, that that's massive for Haas. They are, they're seventh right now. They're ahead of Alpha Tauri. They're ahead of Aston Martin. And I think they expected to be ahead of Williams. And they're yeah. 27 points off of Alfa Romeo. So, I mean, this season, honestly, we're about halfway through it. it it's gone pretty good for Haas, and I think I yes. think they should take away, you know, a lot a lot of the great points that have been happening. And uh, you know, hopefully, it just keeps keeps rising, keeps rising from here, man. I'd love to see a yeah. I'd, I, I'd, I'd freak out if I saw a Haas car on the podium this year. I think the I I think that's a bit of a stretch. Again, you never know. You could take a you get a rain race where the Haas has hey, been hey, really if George good in Russell the rain, could get on the podium gone. last that's year gone. and that Williams Hey. Get out. <laughs> oh. Did he catch it? No. Yeah, it's not uh, are, we still hit, are we still one hitting? Are we still yeah, we have one I hit tonight? So. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, that's, this that's is not good. <sighs> um, Sorry, right. but one yeah, game. so that, that's the F one, F one in Austria. Uh, <laughs> I believe their next their next race they have a week off, and then they go to France, and then they go to Hungary, and then after Hungary they have the uh, the summer break the shutdown. Uh, IndyCar yes. IndyCar did not race this weekend, but they are in Toronto on the seventeenth. Matt, I really don't know much about the Toronto circuit for some reason. Like nothing about that circuit stands out to me. I, I looked it over, looked at some uh, past results, and looked at some pictures and. Like I, I don't I don't know why nothing stood out to me about that Toronto circuit. I don't remember anything about there. So uh, do you do you have a pick for the Toronto race this weekend? Uh, yeah, they've been going there for a couple of years now. Scott Dixon. They usually do a double, like it was the site of a Saturday Sunday double header. I don't think they're doing that this weekend. Um, Doesn't look like it. They're doing that next the next weekend. Yeah, uh, the twenty third and the twenty fourth and the High V Farmers something or another. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, but no, no it's, Toronto. It's a, Toronto is just a single one-off. It is a street circuit. It's not. It doesn't have any. I mean, it's a, it's a race in Canada, which is kind of its only claim to fame. Is it's the only time they go up there. Um, yeah, I'll take Scott Dixon. I don't think he's actually going to win. I'm kind of just nostalgically picking that, just because he's had a lot of success there. He knows how to get around. I wouldn't be surprised if if a Penske car wins this race, uh, either a New Garden or McLaughlin. Those guys have pretty much been untouchable all year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that trend continue. I'm going to take the guy who will be racing for uh, McLaren F1 team next year and pick Colton Herta this okay. week in Toronto. All right, we will see. Did you uh did you, I, did you see old Colton Herta going around on the McLarens? I did not see that. No. Did you see that? No. Oh, oh yes, yes sir. Uh, Colton Herta has a two-day test with McLaren uh, this ah, past week. Okay. So it'll be interesting to Where see. Where was that? Where was yeah, that test? Be interesting. We know. Um. Hmm, was it at the Red Bull Ring? Two days. IndyCar American uh, uh, at Portimao. He was at Portimao okay. on Monday okay. and Tuesday of this week. Mm-hmm. Or be, he's going to be. He was yeah. there today. He's going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that'll be interesting because we know we know Lando Norris for F1. He'll be there for McLaren. That's their poster boy. Uh, you would think Danny Rick's getting close to the end of his career. Man. I mean, yeah. I love Danny Rick. Huge Danny Rick fan. Probably 
close to him hanging up his hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Colton Herta doing a little testing. So that'll be never interesting to see. I'm going to pick him this weekend in Toronto. I agree, man. That was that was a huge, yeah. huge career he mistake. Just couldn't handle uh, not I being hate a that. I dog. love Danny Rick as a person. Yep. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'd play second. Uh, Sergio Perez is so smart. Play second fiddle to Max Verstappen. Strike when you can yep. and just kind of, you know, ride the coattails. I know it's crappy, but, yep. you know, it is. Look at Botas. I mean, yeah. who knows what Botas would have been without without Hamilton? Yep. I, you know, he it, played yeah, the role I don't know. It's, 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 there's, there's only 20 F1 drivers in the entire world. So, you know, it's, and, it's easy and, for us to sit here and competitive say we do A, B, and C. Well, there, there's there's yeah, 20 drivers and exactly. there's six cars that can win a race, realistically. I mean, could, could a McLaren yeah, jump yeah, up there and win? Uh, yeah, uh, it's happened. You, you could might knock down, that down to four this year. That I mean, gone. honestly, with the way with the way it's gone. Oh, yeah, that's that, gone. That that that's gone. gone. There we go. Cut the deficit to one. Yep. That one's way gone. There we go. There we go. Hey, we're chopping away, chopping away. All right, Matt, you got anything else to add on this podcast tonight, man? No, man, I'm I am ready to get out of here, ready to go to bed. I got a long week ahead of me. I'll be in Florida by this Thursday, so on a beach. I got Oh, sweet. Where are we going? What beach um, are we going to? Marco Island, the resort on Marco Island. It's Jess and I's 10-year anniversary. Fan. Um, so we're going to get out of here for the weekend. Fantastic. Send me the uh, send me the address, um, and I'll uh, just let me know when and where to be, okay. uh, and I'll show up. Uh, you, know, you won't hear a peep out of me. I'll sleep on the uh, back porch yep. or, the, you know, if you got a pool, a pond, anything out there for me, yep. you know. Uh, I'll be I'll be really quiet. I'll be like a mouse. All right, will do. You know I'm I'm not a very big dude, so I'm easily concealable. <laughs> so you know I'll just I'll hide in a corner or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but for but for Matt Ridgeway, I am Bryce Farling. We will see y'all next week on Track Talk, same time, same place. <laughs>